Hey guys, welcome back to Chance It. It is Mardi Gras season here in New Orleans. Unfortunately, we're not parading, um, but I'm still feeling a little bit in the spirit. How are you doing, Niall? I'm good, actually. I've been feeling great ever since my birthday. Actually, I've been feeling great ever since the beginning of 2021. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just a new energy, but I just really, I feel fine. Um, It is really snowy and cold in Detroit. So, like Brittany mentioned, this would typically be Mardi Gras season, and I would typically be in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And that would be a great getaway right now because it's so cold out. So we do miss Mardi Gras season. And... Um, yeah, like I saw your post about Mardi Gras. Yeah, so I joined. So last year I rode in my very first parade ever um, with my mom. So she joined a Mardi Gras crew a couple of years ago. And then since I've moved back to New Orleans after school, um, she invited me to guest ride with her. And so I experienced it and I was like, okay, since I'm living in New Orleans for a little bit, like I might as well join the crew, meet some other women, um, you know, that are working in business. And so, yeah, I decided to join. And then we literally have not had any of the formal activities because of COVID. So I haven't even had my formal like induction into the crew. Um, yeah, but if we did like, this so today is Sunday. Today is a day we would have been riding. It's mm-hmm. February seventh. February seventh. Yeah. So yeah. Been the start of Mardi Gras season. Actually, we have um some really good Mardi Gras stories. So I think we should insert that here. So when I first got to LSU, okay, I've been to Mardi Gras what like five or six times now. Five times, five times. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went every year in college, obviously, because we get days off from school. So shout out to LSU for that, because that's like crazy. Like every time I tell people from other schools that we would get days off, they'd be like, wait, what? Like days off? <laughs> to go so, party? Yeah, to go party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I remember the first um, Mardi Gras. Um, I went with someone that was from New Orleans and it was like chill. Like I feel like we did like really casual, like it wasn't a jam packed like schedule or whatever. And I just remember thinking to myself, I was like, next year, like, I really want to do it big. Like, I want to, you know, experience all, like, Mardi Gras has to offer and New Orleans, like, you know, during that season. So mm-hmm. um, the second year, one of my friends, I went with a different friend and um, we stayed at her family's house. We went to, this is the first year I went to Zulu Ball. So Zulu Ball always happens on Friday night, um, like, of the weekend. And you get dressed up, you have ball gowns, and it's such a good time. So that was my first, like, Zulu ball experience. Mm-hmm. And they always have a great performer, you guys. Like, I'm, like, seriously, like, if you like, like, old school R&B love songs, they always have someone that's great. So, like, they've had Monica before. Mm-hmm. They've had, um, ooh, what year was that sophomore year? I forgot who performed. Um, Belle DeVoe. Yeah, Belle DeVoe. That's just kind of the vibe of it. And it's so many people um, that go to this ball and it's in the New Orleans Convention Center and you literally dance, drink, party all night. Mm-hmm. So I remember the first year I went, we pre-game, like got really drunk before we even got there. Mm-hmm. We got on a sprinter to take us there. 
we get there, we drink some more, we run, and then it's like everyone from LSU goes to this ball as well. So we were running into other friends, people we know, which is like one big, huge social event. And we stayed to probably like 3 30, 3, 4 o'clock. Yeah. And that's the thing about Zulu. Like you stay all night. Like yeah. it's not like, oh, it's one o'clock, it's midnight, let's go home. No. You get there late, you stay late. It's well, like event. honestly, it does start at a normal hour, like 6 p.m., which is when the actual, like, Mardi Gras crew comes in and does, like, the coronation. And it's, like, the royalty part of it. Because, like, these right. people have to actually, like, get, like, nominated and, like... Isn't, like, competition kind of... Chosen, yeah. You have yeah. to put up some serious cash to, like, be king and queen and even, like, maids and or everything. Be the court, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So all of that happens first before like the performers and like before the party. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just such a good time. And I love like being able to dress up in ball gowns. Like I, I just like love that. Everyone gets their hair done, their makeup done, and it's just like a great time. Mm-hmm. Um so that like kicks off Mardi Gras weekend. And then usually that Saturday is Endymion, which is one of the like the biggest parades and that goes like through the Superdome. And then what are the parades that we usually go to on Saturday? Bacchus is Bacchus at night? No. Okay, I'm getting this stuff. It's a pit. So, like, the past couple years, it's changed because if it, like, rains and stuff, things get, like, shifted around. But we go to all of the major ones. Um, My house is on the West Bank of New Orleans in Algiers, and my dad has been on the board of the neighborhood that it kicks off in. So, the night, Friday night before Mardi Gras is Zulu, and then the next morning is Namtak, which is right near my house. So, we typically have to, like, wake up walk two blocks and like mm-hmm. do the toast to the king and queen of nom talk so like whatever people are with me like we're like up and at it yeah i think the beauty that i've loved about zulu i mean zulu about mardi gras all these years is i've experienced it in different like every single year you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so like uh when in college it was always like a, such a great time so memorable i remember the first mardi gras that i went with Brittany and stayed with her family we, they all, her family always has this like spot on the parade route and close by is this burger shop that we absolutely are obsessed with. So Brittany introduced it to me. And so like by that time, you guys were like day three and drinking. Um, so like, I guess I like when you're into day three of drinking, you just feel so sluggish and like a little bit gets you more drunk. Yeah, you, say? Like, no, you know what I'm sure. saying? Like, you're because I think you're like, you're tired, you're still drunk from the day before, yeah, exactly. So, day three, you're like really pushing through, and so we always go and like drunkly <laughs> get this burger at this spot, and it's the best burger ever. And that's like our little tradition, it's the best burger, yeah. I, yeah, we never like my family never goes to it during any other time except for Mardi Gras, yeah, it hits the spot. Um, <laughs> so like, you know, we just have all these little traditions that we like to do. Um, recently ours has just been going to Zulu Friday night and then sat and then, you know, the rest of the weekend we like see what we are. Yeah. Well, I do the really, like, I like to go with my family because I just love the beauty of Mardi Gras, like looking at the floats and stuff. So whenever I have friends come, like, I love to see their reactions to Mardi Gras for like the first time. So that's what I really loved about it while being at LSU was like having my out of state friends come and like experience it with us. And then my brother was marching in the band like the first couple years um, of school while he was still in high school. So like people would see us get excited to like watch him march by. And then the past year, my mom, like past couple years, my mom has been writing. And last year was my, or actually 2020, I literally wrote in my very first Mardi Gras parade and like had to get the costume, like everything and being like, on the other side of Mardi Gras, like actually being up in the flow, I learned like 
it's a whole well, different perspective. Through, like how the process of getting in a crew. Cause that's something like, I remember I had, yeah. had no clue about, it. I was like, wait, huh? Like I thought it was like, Oh, just volunteer to be on the float. But no. Tell us the process. Okay. So to get into a Mardi Gras crew, you basically have to know somebody and it's typically invitation only. So my mom was invited into this crew um, by other women. So we're in a black led like Mardi Gras crew. And it was the very first in new Orleans. That's like female led black led. And it's fairly new. So my mom was invited into it. She rode for a couple of years and like, you know, does the ball and she's all this stuff. And then she was able to invite me and I was a guest passenger this year. And after riding in it this year, then I was extended an invitation to actually join as a member. So with a membership, you join and you're put into like groups of the Myra crew where you like throughout the year you go and volunteer you do like social gathering like type of events together you have to put up a lot of money for the membership and then also to ride you pay for your costume you pay a rider fee you pay for a dj that's on your float you pay for every single thing that we throw out to the people we pay for so like all those cheap little bees that we're throwing at people or whatever like we pay for that and they're very expensive Yes, like end up spending thousands of dollars on that. And then like, you know, the ball, you have to go, you don't have to do every single like commute, like social gathering, but uh, going to the ball, of course, you have to pay for like your table, you have mm-hmm. to, you know, pay for your hair and makeup and all of that. So it ends up adding up, but like the benefits you get out of it, like the social aspect of it is a really huge benefit because a lot of people in the crews are typically like who's who of new orleans and you just get to like network and meet people that you probably would have never crossed like throughout the city like i've met so many women who like are in all different types of sectors in the city and typically older than me and i never would have like crossed paths with them if i wasn't like in this Mardi Gras crew yeah so, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is really cool. I've always said that I would love to ride in a parade one year and just, like, chuck those, like, throws at people because that's basically what people do. And you're, like, <laughs> deliberately drunk on those floats, okay? Oh, and yeah. you ride for how many hours are you up there sometimes? Like, it, it just depends. Like, it's it's, def- it's hours long. Exactly. Like, you're so tired. And you have to, like, be harnessed and, like, strapped in so you don't, like, fall off. It's just, like, I was at the top, and, Crazy. like, the, the city didn't cut down all the trees in our route, so, like, my mom and I were literally ducking from trees, like, while we were going, and, like, I literally, this is my first year, so I was, like, not pre- fully prepared, so I, like, ran out of the rows towards the end. I felt so bad. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, okay, let's talk about our share, our favorite Mardi Gras that we've done together. Hmm. Honestly, I loved this past year. I thought this past year was pretty fun. Um, Why? Just because, okay, well, this was like my first year back to Mardi Gras after I graduated. Mm -hmm. So I felt like older and I kind of knew exactly what I wanted to do and not, you know what I'm saying? It was like, I didn't have to have like a trial run. And I thought it was cool because we experienced it with different people this year. Like we weren't really like around like our, like we obviously like saw our college friends, but we were with like a whole different crew. And I feel like it was just like fun to like see them and like do it with them. Yeah. It was just fun. I don't know. This year was just fun. And then like something crazy always happens to me, like every single Mardi Gras, like, like crazy. Like I never, there's no way I can go to Mardi Gras and like nothing bad shit crazy doesn't happen to me. 
I feel like if we were to compare it to like well, like any other type of event for other people who have never experienced it, it would be like think like New Year's Eve party vibes, but for like four days. Yeah, and like, but in like, and you're not dressed up as much. Eh. No. But yeah, no, people do dress up. We just don't. People literally wear wigs, sequins, like, they get dressed to the like, like, carnival for real. Yeah, like, yeah. we just have never. Yeah. So, what's your favorite Mardi Gras we've experienced together? Um, maybe the second. Second, second. Because, okay, this what year was that? The, year? Yeah, and, and my friend Alani was with us too. And we. I don't even remember too much of that one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, God, we, we, we always do Zulu. We always are with my, like, typically with my family, and then we leave and, like, go so meet me up with you, friends. who else went to Zulu that year? I don't It was just us two the second year. We wore the blue dresses. Yeah, you know what? That one, that was a fun one, because that was very last minute. We had no clue that we were going to go to Zulu until, like, three hours before it was time to go. Like, Got hair day. and makeup done. Yeah, exactly. Like, that was an absolutely crazy, like, shit show, because I... Brittany had already graduated, and I drove in from Baton Rouge. Yeah. Um, we I stopped at the mall, picked up two dresses. $40 dresses, like gowns. Literally didn't even know if that was going to fit Brittany. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. And, like, I just, we just went with it. Got to our house, changed, like, literally, that was crazy. But that, that was fun, because it was kind of, like, spontaneous, because we really it weren't was very, going. It was very Absolutely. spontaneous. And it yeah. was just us two that went together, so we... Like we got invitations and like had a table from one of um what one of my family friends and it was um yeah it was just like us two but we met up with a lot of people we knew there so it was just fun we were like on our own little bubble and then you know the rest of like Mardi Gras we we experience it in different places so we do like the parade route where all the families are and yeah. then we also go to like the French Quarter area and we typically go do Bourbon Street. I think what crazy what's something crazy um, about Mardi Gras. Alani's family was down there, oh, remember? Yeah, they were really fun. And her, fa- she's from Maryland, so her family, it was her parents' first time ever experiencing Mardi Gras, and so her parents came down, and they were with my family, so my fun. family is just, like, drinks for everyone. Yeah, it's just, whenever new people come around who've never experienced it, I feel like it just makes it so much more fun, because, like, they're excited. Yeah. You know? hmm I cannot wait to take, like, my family and stuff to Monica. Yeah. You know, like have kids and like bring them there because I feel like it's so cool to see. Like it's literally one it's it, it's honestly a highlight of my college experience experiencing Monte Gras. Yeah. For sure. Like I felt like it wouldn't have like it shaped the whole LSU experience. So like I'm so grateful for that. And like just so many fond memories. It's like, just like it's like the beauty of it too is like you have all the bands marching by and like the music and then the you have all the pretty floats that are have like flashing lights and the costumes and like you have to wear a mask. Oh, I guess I should have said this. You have to wear a mask on the floats because not like a COVID nineteen mask, you guys. Don't get no, confused. like a like a carnival mask. Like you literally can't see the person's face at all. It's like a decoration. Mm-hmm. It's a part of the costume, and you will literally get fined if you take it off. So, like, Mardi Gras has to stick really to its tradition in New Orleans for in order for us to keep doing it each year. Like, yeah. it can't get gentrified. <laughs> like, strongly encourage whoever. Like, if you've never been to it, definitely experience it. And don't just go, like, randomly. Like, get it with a local. Plan it plan it out yeah get with a local don't stay on bourbon street don't stay in the french quarter because you're not going to experience it yeah like obviously when we like at least 
speaking for myself, when I first started experiencing Mardi Gras, obviously we would be down on like Bourbon Street, but we would only kind of limit Bourbon Street and that sort of thing for only one day out of the break. Because like after a day, it gets old. And especially like we would go to New Orleans outside of just the Mardi Gras season. So yeah. it wasn't like our first experience on Bourbon Street. Mm-hmm. So like after, like I think the past two years of Mardi Gras, I haven't even been to Bourbon Street, like honestly. And like the traffic's insane. And so it's just kind of hard to get in and out. But if you've never been to Mardi Gras, I would definitely say check out Bourbon Street. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But don't center your whole trip around just being on Bourbon Street day in, day out. Bring like, your walking shoes. Too, yeah. Because you're going to do a lot of walking. Yeah, for sure. This past year, we were in a brand new spot that we've never been to. But it was like with my family. Um, and we were just like, we got so drunk and we're walking miles to because we you don't like i mean you can you don't drink and drive and ubering is basically impossible because the streets are all blocked off from the flat from the uh like parade routes yeah so you you really have no choice but to walk majority of the time to like get out of traffic and like get home yeah so it's crazy it's definitely something it takes like days to recover from oh yeah i'm like okay oh my god like Fat Tuesday, please get here so I can like go and recover because <laughs> this is tiring. Because you, because I, we would call, go down like Thursday night, yeah. Thursday, Wednesday. Well, Thursday know, night Wednesday. is really when it kicks up in the yeah, city. Yeah, exactly. So you really do Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday. Sunday's a big day, actually. Yeah, Monday's Lundy Gras. Yeah, so Monday's not as crazy, but like Sunday is a big day. I don't know why it always seems so exhausting on Sunday. Because you've already done four days. Yeah. Monday is Lundy Gras, and then you have Fat Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Lund- Lundy Gras, Monday is the final night, because Fat Tuesday, True. it ends in the morning. And yeah. Bye-bye. Go home. And then Ash Wednesday, and all of us in Turn the city, the we go get our ashes on Ash Wednesday and hit church. Think, like, this stuff is something you have to experience at least once in your life, mm-hmm. and we recommend everyone to go to New Orleans, Louisiana during Mardi Gras season and check it out. It was near and dear to like our lives and like our friendship and our experience, like our college experience. So love it. <laughs> love it. Love it so much. So today we want to talk about double standards between women and men. I feel like that just in itself is a mouthful because it's so much to dive into, but we feel like we've seen a lot of recent and experiencing firsthand a lot of different aggressions that we probably wouldn't experience if we were men. And I just think it's kind of something that every year it comes up about just like, it well, something in like pop culture will come up that like prompt this whole double standard topic. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like especially being women in our twenties, um, we're like hyper aware of it because people you're still trying to like earn respect in your career um and then like all these expectations of like your 20s are forced on us whereas like men I feel like don't feel the same pressures as us it's like when are you having kids when are you getting married like you know people are expecting the sun the moon and the stars and it's like men could kind of cruise on life until they're 30 and then once they're in their 30s then it's like Oh, when are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? But for women, it's like, as soon as you get your degree, it's like, okay, now what? Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
so lately what kind of even made us want to start talking about this was because like the whole Lori Harvey situation because every time this woman pops up with a new man that she's dating mind you she never is like formally like this my boyfriend like she could be casually dating these men everybody has an issue saying she's thotting around but if it's a man like future going around dating several women having several baby mothers it's cool yeah, no one questions when a guy is dating multiple women or even going in and out of different relationships. But if a girl starts to date, like, you know, get go from relationship to relationship or date, who even knows if it's relationships? But, like, date men, it's like, ooh, what's she doing? Like, why is she doing this? It's always, like, some sort of form of, like, criticism. And I just think, unfortunately, it's just kind of the world we live in as women it's like the same thing, like when it goes to like when, when men like you know, like how men are able to like sexualize women and women aren't able to really sexualize men. It's like kind of that same thing. Like a girl will always be labeled like a hoe or a whore, but a guy will be labeled as like oh he's a player or yeah, he got the girl, he got the sauce, he got the drip. You know, <laughs> he's that man. He's that dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? But God forbid, like, a woman does it and it's just, like, all hell breaks loose. And, like, I think that's something, like Brittany said in your 20s, that's something definitely that, like, is, it becomes even more, like, prevalent, I guess, in my opinion. Because it is usually, like, that decade of you're really starting to date a lot of people. For majority of people, they date a lot in their 20s. And, like, I think people are also in their 20s. They're just becoming like themselves, like really learning themselves. And so like something like they might not have been as comfortable dating multiple men in college, but now say they're 26 and they're like all for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And they want to like get to know different types of people. And then they might start to get judged by even people that are even close to them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, who knows? Like, I guess like, like that'd be like, I would feel like if I started dating like multiple, multiple men, I think a lot of people around me would be kind of shocked. I don't know if they would be like, oh, you're a whore. But I definitely think they would be kind of shocked because that's nothing I've really done before. Well, you know? But like, I feel kind of like what you were saying about the whole sexualizing thing. Who even says that you, you dating multiple people means that you are also sleeping with them? You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah, like dating is literally being courted. And that does not mean that you have to do anything physical in order to engage in the act of dating. But yeah, I feel like really whatever you want it to be like, yeah. And even if say even if you were sleeping with most women, that's like your business. And that's what you feel comfortable doing. Like, I just feel like if whatever you're comfortable with doing, then that's what it is. That's what it is to you. And it's really no one else's business. But in that same breath, like, I think some women are like scared to be labeled that and aren't really, you know, willing to participate in some activities because of the double standard. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know, you don't want to like, I know some women, especially if you're in a smaller town, you know, if you start going out dates with multiple men, people are afraid the word will get around. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think a lot of women are afraid of other people's perception of like how that would look. You know, and I think yeah, and- like, the world has to be more like more careful about how that would like kind of like maybe scar like your character 
So yeah. it's just a lot that you got to think about. Yeah. And these are things like men don't have to worry about. Like men could literally care less. Like, in fact, men can go date multiple people in a friend group and like be okay. Nobody would care. Yeah. But women, it's like a big deal. And yeah. I feel like even just a woman being like super feminine and like embracing her womanhood, even that gets sexualized in a way that like a man doesn't. And like another thing in pop culture recently has been like Chloe Haley, right? So like everybody knows that like two sisters have been singing. They've had like this super clean type of image. And then recently like they've been, um, you know, kind of growing up in front of our eyes, right? On social media and stuff. And so they've recently like got in their own Instagram pages, like individually. And Chloe Haley is like the older one. I don't know what how old she is. I feel like she's around our age now. Chloe Bailey is 22 years old and she's the one that has been doing the different videos and challenges. Okay. So she was like catching heat on social media for like being overly sexy. Like people were saying like, oh, this is too much. Like the silhouette challenge, like, "Mm, why are you doing that on the internet? This isn't that. Whereas like they have men like Jason Derulo, who has been since the start of TikTok, has been literally shirtless, doing all kind of like little moves and stuff and get praised. Like, yeah. you might say he's corny, but nobody's saying that, you know, that he's like, nobody's saying anything negative about him sexually. Yeah. Whereas like Chloe Haley is now getting labeled all these things and like being talked down upon because she's kind of embracing her feminine side and her womanhood. And I just yeah. feel like. But I think honestly, like, I think. I totally agree with everything you're saying, but I think what happens to a lot of Disney stars because they were on Disney, I think, and I, I feel like if you were to ask like Selena Gomez, Miley Cyrus, um, what was the other girl? Um, Kiki Palmer. I mean, Kiki Palmer was on Nickelodeon, but all I'm trying to say is like, I think a lot of the childhood stars that grow up on like those Disney and like Nickelodeon like type TV shows or channels when they become older, people start to criticize them way more. Key of it all, I think, is like obviously when you become more into a woman, I think people definitely criticize you. But I think too, also, it's just like a lot of childhood stars when they start to get older and start to be quote unquote more sexy or show more, grow into them being more of a woman. I think people start to criticize them way more than they would just a normal person. You know what I'm saying? Like the girl's 22. If she had had like a normal life in college, nobody would be saying anything about her, you know? But it's No, but they would. That's my point. They would. It doesn't matter if she was on Disney Channel or not. Like, I know girls who, like, literally we know who have chosen, like, opted in to do these things and people have something to say about it. Like, if I was to go do it right now, I'm, I can guarantee you that I would be getting messages like, take this down or like, why'd you do this? That's what I'm saying. Like, women cannot engage in these type of things without being bothered. And I guarantee you men going to be in our messages like, ooh, like, can I get your number? Like, you know what I mean? People are going to hit on you because of it, but you're also going to be called names before it too. Like, whereas men, I feel like can easily go do anything without getting touched. Like Trey Songs has a sex tape out. Everybody's like, oh, Trey Songs, I, I see why the neighbors are calling your name. And if that was a woman, it would be different comments. I felt bad for her. And you know what's so sad is like she really like had to. It was so many people were saying stuff that she had to literally get on Instagram, like explain herself and and like to the verge where she's like crying 
Like, you know, that's just not acceptable. Like, people need to chill out a little bit. Like, that girl was really on Instagram Live crying because of how people were making her feel and talking about what she decided to do as a TikTok challenge. Like, she's fine. We love you. You'll be okay. Some of these celebrities, though, need to stop addressing things. Like, let shit just be what it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, like, at the end of the day, like, people always got something to say. I mean, yeah, but I mean, the core, the root of what we're talk, even talking about is like the double standards. And I'm just saying like, men don't have to deal with none of this. No, they don't. Ever, 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 ever in life. Even, even outside of like, okay, like image and sexuality. I feel like even in the workplace, men are treated differently. So mm-hmm. like, for me, I know I like, I've been undergoing like a lot of stress at work and I feel like because I've been carrying a lot of weight and like just dealing with it, I'm getting checked in way more. Like, how are you doing? And like, I don't know, just like people are like being cautious. Like if I'm like, are you going to cry next? Like, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting treated way differently than a man. If a man is stressed, it's more like, you know, he gets a pat on the back and he's like, you know, good for you. Like you're accomplishing all of this stuff. For me, it's more like, I don't know. I feel like people are treating me as if I'm some kind of like bird that's injured and you got to like be hyper aware of instead of, you know, maybe. Yeah, I agree. I think the workplace is like probably like outside of like the dating life. And then I think workplace is probably second, the second place that women experience a lot of double standards, you know, um, I think another thing in the workplace that's interesting to me, it's like people always questioning if you can handle to do something or not. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's too much on your plate. Oh, does Brittany have time to do this? Like, you know what I'm saying? No one ever questions if a man, like, has the capability to do something. Yeah. You know? And I, that's one of my things I can't stand. It's just like, you wouldn't ask a man, oh, uh, GG, are you sure you can do this? Are you sure you can handle this? Like, let me know if you need any help. Like, that's really annoying. Yeah, especially when you've like gotten the job done countless times. Times, yeah. No question. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, I think another thing too, when I think about double standards, is just like when women start to have a family and get married and have children. Like a a lot of people still believe that they should be able to handle having a job, being the primary like house, like, you know, keeping caretaker, keeping up with the house chores, going grocery store, taking care of the kids. It's just like feeding into that whole like super mom thing that like, I think it's really hard for women to like, do you know and i've seen with that i've seen like when women need to like take take time off to like cater to their children or they don't and they're like handling their children while working it's more like oh my goodness like this is too much whereas if it's a man doing it it's cute it's like oh you're such a good father like oh you're taking time off with your son that's so good and it's like really and then if you don't and you're like having your kids on zoom with you for a minute it's like oh look how cute the baby is you're such like you're a super dad but to your point for women it's just like expected and it's like even annoying to some people that like you know right you're doing all it is when when it should be more like kind of embrace and like i don't know people i feel like women should have a little bit more extra support in that area yeah So 
what are some ways that you handle with double standards? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like now that we've, you know, we're a little bit older, I think we're more aware of it and like kind of how we deal with it. So like, is there any like ways or tips you would give people on how to deal with like double standards and like how to really combat it? Um, so like in the workplace, I feel like I'm just very frank about what's going on. Like I remember one time, I'm not trying to like throw my job under the bus or anything, but I remember one time um, there was like a really early morning flight back to the office from like an out of town business meeting. And so I didn't put makeup on because it was like really early in the morning. We were going straight to the office. So I didn't, you know, I didn't, I wanted to catch the extra sleep instead of like waking up to put makeup on. I was asked like if I was feeling okay, like if I was, if I was sick. And so I was just like, yeah, of course. It's so like, I don't know, since then I'm just more like Frank, like, yeah, I'm fine. Instead of being like, oh, like, thanks for asking. Like, I just try not to like fall into those traps where people are like asking me certain questions to like bait me like, oh, like, are you, are you overwhelmed? Like you can take some time off. Like, no, I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Like, I rather be really like frank about what's going on instead of like skirt around issues or like pretend you know, pretend something or like fall into a specific narrative. Like I just rather be very honest with what my situations are and just be myself um, instead of kind of cater to these stereotypes, if that makes sense. No, I totally agree. I think, yeah, I, I, I would totally agree. I feel like just staying true to yourself and like speaking up for yourself is like the number one tip to deal with double standards. Like even when it comes to your dating life, like I'm kind of that personality type where I feel like I don't owe anyone shit. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but if but if you do feel the need to speak on what's going on, I feel like that's the number one way to combat it. It's like call it out when it happens and like, you know, don't be afraid to speak up if that's what you think is appropriate for the situation. Um, I don't kind of like when women are like afraid to speak up but i think too it's like what people don't understand is sometimes it's like it really could be a repercussion to speaking out about your whatever you're dealing with you know what i'm saying especially in the workplace like you're really like when you as a woman are deciding what to do in the workplace nine times out of ten you're always thinking about what what a possible repercussion could be you know what i'm saying a retaliation could be for you speaking out and so like I think women just sometimes just suck it up instead of possibly having to deal with that aspect of speaking up. Yeah, but like the only way to get to overcome these things is to challenge it. Yeah. So if you're in the situation where you can challenge it, like for me, if I was to lose my, lose my job tomorrow, I know I'd be fine. Like I'd rather challenge it now than to set a precedent that I then have to cater to later on. Or I'm leaving, you know, I'm leaving this stereotype for the next girl to have to fill. And I'd rather just not. I'd rather just break through these barriers now so that it's not expected of the next woman to come through. Yeah, for sure. It's so interesting, though, because when I started, like, both of them, okay, like, my job at Refinery, I, I worked, literally worked with all women. And now my job now, my team is full of all women and one guy. Um. And I was telling my mom the other day, like, it's weird because I feel like I've never really had to work with a lot of men. Um, And I think that's kind of like a blessing, too. It's just like, I don't know. I've never really had to deal too, too, too much with working with 
a lot of men, but I do feel for people that do work in a solely like male industry because it definitely can be something that is a lot to think about and deal with. That's the average person might not have to deal with, you know? Yeah. No, for sure. Like people that work in the finance industry, like just more male dominated industries, it has to be completely toxic. (laughs) And that's why it's good for everybody to have HR. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Sure. Well, I encourage everybody who's listening, especially if you're a woman, to challenge those stereotypes and those double standards um, and just be yourself. And for men, I challenge you to like look in the mirror and see if you're setting like double standards for your dating life, your friendships, your personal life, your work life. And if you aren't, but you're seeing some are happening in your life, then you be the person to kind of speak out on these things. On behalf of women. Yeah, for sure. So guys, we hope you enjoyed this little segment about double standards. And it's just been something that's kind of been annoying us for the last couple of weeks. And we are like, you know what? Let's go in here and talk about double standards. Um, but yeah, we um, hope you guys learned a little bit about double standards and like how to combat them because I feel like they're never going to go away. It's just one of those things that will always, I feel like in my opinion, will always be a part of society. So just knowing how to deal with it is like the best way moving forward, you know? And so we hope we shed some light on this topic. Yeah. Bye guys. <laughs>